In this week's episode, we're back from another hiatus and another trek through the desert for digs. What are you, Moses? There's a new annual pass coming, but is it really worth it? Galaxy's Edge is so close to opening that we can taste it. Oh wait, that's just the green milk. We have even more information about the reservation period and beyond. This shit's getting real. Endgame continues to break records, and with it at the cusp of the greatest record of all, I take a little time for Avengers Q&A with the guys. Also, Marvel Land, Tale of the Lion King, Inside Out, and more on this inevitable episode of the Mouse Pyre Podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Diggs. I'm Tim. Welcome to Mouse Pyre, your source for Disney, Star Wars, and everything in between. This is the podcast where both empires collide. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Mouse Pyre Podcast. What's going on? Uh oh. The apprentice lives. What is this? You best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. Bring up me, Harley Joe. You never had a friend like me. Some imagination, huh? <laughs> made you look all i gotta say about that last episode of uh, game of thrones which i don't even it, watch it, you didn't watch it uh is fire that's all i gotta say about that you didn't even watch it i didn't even watch it but i know that uh, that i could say fire i went to uh see the the uh water show over there at bellagio uh uh-huh. they had the game of thrones thing oh right you know what they had fire fire <laughs> Hey, we are back, and we are better than ever. Happy birthday! Yeah, we have a birthday shout-out. Whose birthday, Anthony? It is George Lucas's 75th birthday today. I knew that, because I saw it. Yes. And it's also Alan. It's also uh, uh, that other guy, uh, Robert Zemeckis. Oh, cool. Awesome. It's also his birthday. Apparently, they share a birthday. That's pretty cool. They yes. don't... That's very Forrest Gump of him. They don't share a birthday with Ozzy, though. No, that's not just not, you. Yeah, that's just me. <laughs> so yeah, we're back, and uh, I'm I just uh, arrived here from a long trip from Arizona. I'm very very tired, and I did not use my wings. Boy, are his arms tired? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are tired because I was driving forever, and then I had Whatever. to drive over here. But uh, once again, awesome trip. Had fun over there. Got to see all the family, and uh, I told Anthony this earlier. We had a Continuous days of buffet, a buffet going on, all-you-can-eat fat times over there with the all-you-can-eat steak. You can't beat all-you-can-eat steak, right, Anthony? No. Uh, steak and uh, steak fries were awesome, very, very good, better than any ones I've ever had. They had dessert there, but I didn't have any because I was trying to, you know, watch this awesome figure I have over here. <laughs> yeah, see, Anthony's watching it, too. I don't know what we're supposed to watch it do, but... (laughs) Get bigger. (laughs) But yeah, awesome buffet. Went to uh, Harris Buffet, and then we went to uh, Golden Corral. Yeah, Anthony loves Golden Corral. But I had to drive all the way to Kingman to have that. 
Yeah, it's pretty far for you. Yeah, uh, it's even farther for me. I did uh, tell him that the uh, on one trip to Arizona, uh, we went to an Arby's in Kingman, but that's all I have to share about Kingman. Interesting. Uh, speaking of Phantasmic, uh, Phantasmic uh, just had a birthday the other day as well. Yeah, I saw that uh, mentioned. I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. It's been... Oh, to acknowledge 20, these birthdays. 27 or 29 or whatever it is. Was it 90? When was it? 91? Two. All right, so real quick, I went to Arizona to go see my nephews uh, perform. They uh, had a uh, choir concert, and uh, the youngest one told me that he was dancing, learning the choreography, and I was like, whoa, I had to go see it. So I went to go check it out. They did Footloose, which was really, really cool, and um, they did some, like, Jackson 5 songs and some other things that they were doing. It was pretty cool. Uh, exactly. So I had to go check that out. I wanted to see him dance and do his get his groove on and uh he told me that he was so ex- uh, very excited to do uh to do that because he was going to be dancing with the hottest girl in the choir so he was excited for that so i had to go and check that out that's Woo-hoo. that's why i went uh again and uh the performance was awesome it was really cool i uh, i enjoyed it a lot and i can't wait till next year to see him do that again lucky for him school's almost over they're out of school on uh, the 24th, so that's the last day of school for them. And lots of more fun times with him and the family next month. Uh, going to be pretty cool. His birthday is actually on the 17th. He's going to be turning 16, and I'll be there for that. And then um, more shenanigans going on afterwards. So I had a fun time over there. Very, very uh, relaxing and didn't have to worry about anything. And a lot of Disney news that came out that I wasn't really um, paying attention to that we're going to talk about. And a trailer came out also that I didn't pay attention to, but we'll get to that later and hopefully I'll get to watch it because I still haven't watched that trailer. All right. So let's get into the big news that came out this past week. Um, The return of the SoCal pass. No, 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 that's not it. That's not it. Yeah. Uh, People wished I would come back. But we didn't get Sorry, a, Michael. <laughs> we didn't get a SoCal pass. We got a Flex Pass. Uh-oh. Uh, Disney, Disney introduced a new Flex Pass, which is, uh, we found out, is uh, $599. Which is the same price as what the uh, the old uh, SoCal. discontinued SoCal Pass was. Right. It's not the same. No. You have a, depending on how smart you are, which I'm going to say that the people who are not so smart are going to end up losing money or possibly uh, just get breaking even on this pass. People that are smart, though, can get up to signature pass value on this. You could, technically, yeah. No, you could, if you know what you're doing, and you have the time and you luck out, I'll get all the lucky breaks, you could get up to signature value on this because the blackout days on this pass the technical blackout days on this pass in paper are the same as the signature pass it is only the two weeks of december i mean if you're super savvy booking stuff and like watching the you know watching calendars and all that yeah that's that's the value that's well yeah we're, we're getting there of why all right so before we break it down chicka chicka break it down fresh uh you can start. You can purchase purchase this pass starting on May twenty first. Uh, so, if you're interested in this pass, that's when when they will go on sale. 
So let's break it down. Break Anthony. it down. Now, uh, we're not going to try and make this too complicated, but basically what happens is, is that during a basically a period of what is uh, all of the summer, basically from what, May 31st through August something, right? I don't know what the exact dates are. Uh, you can look that up if you want. Otherwise, you can look it up your damn selves if you're interested. Uh, what happens is, is during certain time periods, uh, you're not blocked out, but you have basically, what's what would you call it, a reservation. You have to make a reservation. You have to make a reservation in order to go to the park. Now, reservations, uh, from what I gather, are first come, first serve. Yeah. From the day they now, how much in advance do the reservations open of the day? Is it like a thirty days before the day you want to go? You can make reservations how's it up work? to thirty days in advance, two days at a time. So, in other words, if you know that you want to go on say June thirty first, on May thirty first, you need to have your not only have bought your pass already within the ten days, but you also then you will have to go on May thirty first to. Make that reservation for June thirty first, or there is no thirty first. There day. is no thirty first day okay. in June. Yes, <laughs> I'm uh, raising my hand over. So here. if you want to go on June thirtieth, backing it up yeah. again, if you want to go on June thirtieth, you would get your pass sometime between the twenty first, obviously, and that day, and then However, you would get your thing. That's if, the, that's how it works. If you wanted to go June twenty twenty eighth, twenty ninth, and thirtieth. You would have to schedule your two days for the 28th and the 29th, and then the 29th you'd have to be online at midnight and hope that you're fast enough and that somebody cancels a reservation so that you can get that one for the third day. All right, let me uh, say this in Disney terms. Uh, you can make reservations for uh, for that. Uh, like he said, it says, each Disney Flex Passport can hold two reservations during a 30-day window. If you have two reservations during a 30-day window, you'll have the opportunity to make another one once your first reservation date has passed or if you canceled. The question is, as soon as you scan your pass for that day, can you make the third one or do you have to wait until literally midnight to make the next reservation? That's what they're unclear about. And I've looked, I, I looked really hard at this calendar and I tried to figure out the ins and the outs of this whole flex pass thing. It's essentially the same, what they call good to go calendar. That's essentially the same as the SoCal Select. It's literally almost the exact same calendar, which is the SoCal Select is a $400 pass. This is a $600 pass. So if you have a SoCal Select and you're willing to spend a couple hundred dollars more for the opportunity to go on additional days. Well, that's basically what I said already. If you're not very bright and you don't know how to use a computer or do things the proper way that is explained to you, you will lose money on the pass. But if you are a normal human being who knows how to use devices and technology, you could easily uh, a lot of it make, has to do with luck. A, you could easily get at least deluxe value out of it, if not select value. Uh, I mean, I know you're not really getting not select, but uh, signature value. You're not really going to get the sig- the s- signature value necessarily, just because you can only go up to twice during the summer months. But for the rest of the year, I mean, you're still kind of going to get. Uh, you can definitely get at least a uh, deluxe value out of it, I think. My opinion of this pass... If you don't get your money's worth out of it, you're done. unimportant. 
<laughs> Why you? I mean, it's me no, it's time, a, it's so. a, it's it has a lot to do with luck, though. Is what you're not you're not accounting for. I think. Well, I'm I'm counting for luck. If you there's not really that much luck, you just need. It's just like going on and getting any other ticket. It was just like going on and getting. Uh, the uh, you know, which we'll talk about soon enough. Is yeah, the, what happens these... if at thirty days out you're trying to schedule a thing, or you want you decide two weeks out that you want to go to the park, and those days are unavailable? Then don't do you 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 can't do that. You can't all of a sudden decide because you know you can't do that. Which is what? It... Or you just do it like a normal person does, and you can just wait until you're not blocked out anymore. Which is basically just get a signature or a SoCal Select in theory. Yeah. But then at least in this case, though, you have the option if you want to try and get those extra days. Which is what I was saying. Because how many extra days, what do you, uh, you said, because uh, how much is the uh, select? It's three, four ninety nine. I just said it was four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. So no, it's a hundred dollar difference. Two hundred dollar difference. Three ninety nine is a four hundred dollar pass for the select. And this is a six hundred dollar pass. So in other words, you need to go to Disneyland basically one, twice, twice you need to get in during the reservation period to make it worth money i mean if you can go once a month you're gonna far exceed obviously the value well yeah obviously the way i broke this pass down to a bunch of people and some groups and it seemed to make sense is if you have a socal select and you want to pay 200 dollars more for the opportunity to go once or twice a month as long as you book it out in advance like if your whole family's booking together Maybe that's a good. You, this is a good option for you. But this all only really applies during the during the summer months, right? No, because other than that, you can't go on the weekends. It's the SoCal Select blockout calendar. Well, nobody cares about weekends. Let me see real fast because I have. Well, yeah, I've looked a, at it, but a lot of people care about weekends. I think more than anything else. If you mm-hmm. if you have a job and the only time you can go with your family is on a weekend, so if they can book their schedule out for a weekend at the parks or a day at the parks a month out, then they're going to get their money's worth for an extra 200 bucks to go once a month. However, if you have a deluxe and you're trying to just get a better value, or if you have a signature and you're just trying to save money by, I mean, you'd have to go not very much. The other thing with this pass is that it's only a 10% discount. So if you have a signature, your discount's way less. It's less than with a uh, deluxe even. And um, there's no parking, obviously. Well, there's no parking on anything under a signature, so. My point is just if you have a signature or a deluxe and you're trying to save money but not go less, this is not a pass for you. I agree on the signature, but I don't agree on the deluxe. I only agree on the signature because of the fact the signature includes parking. Parking makes a huge deal as far as when yeah, it comes does. to going from deluxe or any of the lower ones up to signature. So, anyways, uh, those of you that think it's going to be good for you, uh, uh, you you know who you are. Not me. Well, I mean, you already have the highest one, and you will always figure out a way to have it. So, but uh, I mean, like Tim said, it's basically those people who want to roll that dice of trying to get in those weekends and those uh those summer days uh i mean pretty much you're guaranteed that you should be able to at least get i would say up to maybe six of those sometime during the uh 
during that period. I mean, if you can't try and if you can't get that many, particularly during the summer on weekdays during the summer, it sounds. I think it would be not that difficult to get some weekdays during the summer. It's another. You know, it is. It's a good pass for somebody that really doesn't want to wait to go to Galaxy's Edge, but they don't have a pass now, and they don't, or they have a signature uh, SoCal Select. They don't want to wait to go to Galaxy's Edge, and they just want to try for those summer, right, summer, right. T- you know, day mid days, or they're going to get there super early and wait. And right, and those are the days where I think that people are going to be able to take the most advantage of that. People that do get this pass are the people who are going to be like, okay, well, I have the flexibility to be able to go on like a Wednesday or a Tuesday or a Thursday or something like that in the middle of the week during the summer. Yeah, I think that you know, people are going to be able to take advantage. But once again, without the parking, I think it just it lacks in, in value because of the lack of any kind of, you know, the the day that they got rid of the add-on for the parking was probably the probably the worst that they they've done to the past system. You know what else guests can take advantage of? Uh, shitty strollers. No, no, no. But at no. least they're smaller. <laughs> no, they can take advantage of tell of the Lion King. Yeah, talk- I don't. I need to get to that. We did talk about this uh, a while back. Uh, the new, uh, well, basically they're going to be celebrating the Lion King since the live action Lion Kings will be coming out pretty soon. And uh, now we have some entertainment to go along with the new film, and it's called Tales of the Lion King. And that's going to start on June 7th. And here it says at the Palisades stage. Now, I had a question of Pacific where... Pacific Palisades? That's that, pretty far. I was thinking the same thing. Sounds like in DCA. Um, I, well, this is in DCA, but I don't believe it's called Palisades stage. I believe it's, they're supposed to have said Paradise Park. <laughs> they're stupid. Because that's where it is. It's in the Paradise Park where the food and wine demonstrations are going on. Maybe they just changed the name. Um, I doubt it because Palisades is gone. This is not California anymore. It's it's Pixar land. So maybe at once it was called Palisades Park. Maybe when before they did the. Maybe it's still the Palisades stage in the Paradise Park. I don't know because that stage goes back and forth. They move it. So I don't know. I don't know if you could call a stage that goes back and forth. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's going to be over there where they had the. The the Disney Channel Fan Fest and all the entertainment going on for food and wine. And this space is going to basically be where uh, uh, Viva Navidad is, right? Uh, yeah, um, oh, no, not quite. No, it's in the More, park. It's where World of Color is, You're, where you stand for World oh, of Color. Oh, okay. That area. So further that way. Yeah. More by uh, uh, Little Mermaid. Yeah. That okay. area is called, uh, it's called uh, Paradise Park. Okay. So this is where the entertainment is going to be at. I don't know why I thought it was a parade. Didn't they make it sound like it was a parade when they originally announced That's it? That's what I thought. Yeah, I thought the same thing, too. Yeah. I was thinking it was, you know, Lion King Parade Part D. <laughs> but uh, they uh, we got a little bit of a uh, video talking about the music and the thought process and how it's original and, uh, you know, bringing out all of the uh, the culture and stuff in it uh, and uh, you get a little bit of sampling of what the music will be like kind of interesting it's one of our last days of the workshop of tale of the lion king this is a brand new adaptation of this wonderful story that we all love so dearly we have just spent seven days developing the script the music the staging 
the props. The approach that we've taken is that this is a story that was passed on from generation to generation and now has come here to Disney California Adventure Park. And so it's a group of storytellers that we've called the Storytellers of the Pride Lands. And they've come to share this ancestral story of how this little cub became a king. We have singers, we have live drummers, we have dancers, and all the performers are part of this ensemble of storytellers. Our set design is riddled with imagery and iconography that comes from the spirit of Africa. The music is completely new. We're actually adapted all the songs so that they have a real true flavor of the authenticity of the spirit of Africa. Tale of the Lion King will be uniquely Disney and culturally authentic. And this is important to us, that we bring the flavor, the spirit of the culture in a way that moves people and also celebrates the great stories of the Walt Disney Company. Yeah, so uh, that's going to be cool. Uh, I don't know if I'll get to see it. I don't know. How long do you think it's going to stick around? Uh, probably two weeks. <laughs> Kind of like the Mickey mixed magic thing is yeah, already going away. I, know, right? I, I don't know. Slam. Uh, uh, hopefully, just hopefully it, it goes through the summer. We'll we'll see. No guarantees or anything. I know, right? <laughs> hey, so you think it'll still be there when the Inside Out attraction opens? Uh, we can cross our fingers. Hey, but I heard uh, Inside Out is coming soon. So we did get an announcement saying that the new Inside Out attraction, the Emotional Whirlwind, will be opening in this summer. At Pixar Pier. In summer. And uh, no date, of course. We did get some uh, posters. They show these posters here on the blog. Uh, some are pretty cool. I don't know. I guess they're pretty cool. I, was, I didn't really pay attention because I, I don't really care about this r- attraction. Uh, we've been talking about this for a long time now, and for some reason they couldn't uh, build it when they were redoing the pier. And um, they started building it, and f- it's like been going up pretty quickly so i don't understand how they couldn't have just go ahead and start building when they were doing the incredible coaster and redoing the mickey's death wheel and all that crap because there's like one dude doing it that's why there was like one person that was working on uh jesse's carousel and then there was one dude working on this (laughs) by himself and then everybody else is in galaxy's edge i think it's pretty obvious oh that's how it worked I didn't. I didn't understand that. It's like one dude just there doing everything. Because last time I told you that they had no, all, all they had was a foundation. Right. There was nothing going on over there, and then we saw we started seeing things go up. We and, started seeing the uh, the ball wall go up uh, yeah. in the background of it, where the balls go, the purple wall with the balls, and uh, you guys know what we're talking about if you've seen the movie, right. but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what their problem is. I mean, they literally took a ride that's already done, and they're just moving it. I mean, how freaking hard could it be? I mean, uh, not unless it took this long to paint it. I don't know. Because it's one guy. Yeah, yes, yeah. It takes time with one guy. Hey, I was doing that this weekend. I was painting. With one guy? Uh, no, it was three of us oh, together. Okay. So. Well, see, that's why you got it done faster than what they're getting shit done. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand how Disney... Through ABC, can build whole houses in seven days with its free makeover home edition, but they can't move a ride and redeem it in <laughs> That's six funny. months. That's funny. Seriously, six months? Man. What are you talking about six months? It's been over a year. I'm pretty sure that uh, the. Oh, when Bugs you Land mean closed, when Bugs Land closed? Bugs Land closed in September. 
It's more than six months. Well, I'm just counting how far back it was when uh, Pixar Pier opened and when Pixar Fest was. It's like, this shit should have all been done then. But it's like, you plan something specifically knowing that you're going to have to wait for Bugs Land to close before you could do this, rather than just, you know, oh, I don't know, create a brand new damn ride! All right. Sorry, I'm okay. Yeah, all right. Anyway, it's opening in the summer. Uh, no date soon. yet, of course, soon. soon. And uh, when we get a date, we'll post it on the Facebooks and all that crap. And if you guys are interested in go ride it, go ahead. I'm not interested, and I uh, probably won't ride it because I never rode Flix Flyers anyway. No, but you can, I'm sure you'll go over there and take pictures of the facade. Hey, I, I, that's what I do. I take pictures. Hey, so continuing on with all this DCA news, uh, and speaking of Marvel and... Uh, Bugsland, they uh, gave us another little, uh, I don't know what you would call it, uh, tidbit. tidbit that has either, uh, we don't remember, please email us, did we know when Marvel Land was opening or didn't we? I didn't think that we knew when Marvel Land was opening because I thought everybody was speculating 2021. That's what they've always said, right? But this new tidbit specifically said summer of 2020. So uh, either we didn't find out anything at all, or we now know that it's opening in 2020. So uh, either way, we know it's opening in 2020. So let's hope that uh, we don't get there. And, you know uh, why, we, though? We don't get to 2020, and they all of a sudden say, oh, everything's ready except for this bathroom. <laughs> and then the bathroom is going to open of April the following year. And it's been there since the DCA opened. Exactly, yeah. and it's been there since DCA <laughs> opened. It's the one that used to be the Kleenex box. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite bathroom. It's because all the people they've had working on Galaxy's Edge, half of them went to Marvel Land, the other half are building that land bridge. Well, I mean, those people, I mean, but I mean, Galaxy's Edge is going to be, is basically going to be done in a couple of weeks. Uh, so those people will be able to all move over to Marvel, and I presume that's why they think they're going to get it done so fast because they're probably going to literally send everybody that was working on Galaxy's Edge over to the construction do Marvel. workers are done. I mean, the the land is built. Oh, yeah, the only yeah. people that are in there are their like design team to see how the store displays are going to look and stuff. There might be some construction guys working behind the scenes, like maybe do still doing some stuff behind the behind the facades, particularly behind the Black Spire facades, but. You know, yeah, for the most part, it's done and it's all just, uh, you know, touch up right now before the destruction starts. Right. So, yeah, 2020. Hey, so it's talking about Galaxy's Edge, which is going to be opening in, uh, what, uh, two and a half weeks? Two, yeah. Some. When's today? Today, yeah. Two and a half weeks. Uh, Galaxy's Edge will be opening. And, and then, they had the reservation thing. It's uh, like. Maybe, what, like 10 days ago now? day after that we recorded, I think, last, or two days after we recorded last, or well, something D- like that. I know Diggs and I were up early. We were, like, waiting patiently. I was up a lot earlier than he was, because he didn't respond to my text. Yeah, I just, like, I oh, want right. to, uh, I find it amusing, because I talked to you, and you were like, uh, yeah, I got in all of, my, all of the people that were supposed to be, including yourself, all the people that you knew that were supposed to be getting reservations got their reservations. Do you know a single person that didn't get their reservations? No, I don't. And had problems with it? Do I don't know anybody that was online at 10 a.m. that didn't get a reservation. Right. Okay. Now, I know a bunch so, of idiots that were on at noon that didn't get reservations. Because I just, I just want to talk about all of the people that were on the, on the, uh, the social medias uh, after the reservation process. Wait, I take that back. I have one friend that got on five minutes after I did. 
and his system, the, the system uh, booted him after an hour. Because there's all these stories. There were all but these stories like so within okay. uh, like 24 hours of the reservation thing. All these people like, oh, I got on and Disney's their garbage system and I just saw a screen, blank screen, blah, blah, blah. And basically excuse after excuse after excuse about why these people didn't get the reservations. And yet literally every single person that digs knows that was supposed to be getting reservations got reservations. He's like, what, you got like five, six by yourself for yourself that other people got for you, whatever. And you got how many? How many did I make? I no, made I one mean, how reservation. Many, how many, how many are you going to? How many are you going to? Oh, I mean, I like Diggs. I'm lucky that I have a lot of people that like me. Just give me a number. I don't know. Six, eight, ten. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. No, not that many. Uh, I think it's like four total. So you got four. He's got four. I'm just like thinking that I'm like, well, you guys, literally everybody that you guys knew succeeded in getting their tickets. Well, what's wrong with all these people that didn't get the reservations? Well, they're mad at us for having more than one. And it's not that... We, here's the thing. We didn't make more than one reservation. You made one for yourself, right? Yeah. Right. You're the lead four guest. Other people made re- three other people made reservations. And then they're allowed to choose whoever the hell they want yes. as long as that person has a park ticket. You be, if, you can't, if one person can't even make one damn reservation, you can't be mad at people that were... That were invited, invited to right. be in other reservations. That's the only reason we have multiples is because we were invited. He invited me. Mm-hmm. I invited him. Mm-hmm. And then I have a couple other friends that invited and me. And then I, well, I invited Dan, and Dan invited me. So I mean, that's it's not even the point of all that. The point is, is that you guys, obviously, everybody, literally everybody you know was successful in getting their reservations. But yet there's people online who are like somehow... If they took it as seriously as seeing like the Black stupid. Crows in concert, you know, I'm just totally kidding. It's like the, are these people just like, <laughs> I mean, clearly, clearly by the evidence, these people were just stupid. Um, they I mean, just did, I don't they know what... They didn't think it would sell out as fast as it... Or no, it's not that. These people said they that they... These people claimed that they were on there from the beginning at 10 I don't o'clock. Know how that's possible. And yet they Again, claim I know one person that was online that they at like, got on there and then all they saw was blank screens somewhere and between five and, and ten minutes after ten and after an hour on the system kicked him out and they wouldn't let him back in. But by that point, I believe it was like they were all booked. And up. Now I'm going to say that I was on two screens. I was on I was on my phone and I was on the regular browser, yeah. and then I was on Facebook browser. Right. And um, so I had two queues going on. And the regular browser, the I got my reservation. I made my reservation for that one, and then I was waiting still on the Facebook browser. And then probably about ten minutes later, that one came on, and I did the reservation for my brother using his. So here's because it makes you it made you log back in right before no. you got the thing. Once it said okay, it's your turn, you had to log in again. Like that was the first step. Oh, maybe I have fingerprint thing so i don't need to log in i just use oh, my fingerprint and on then, your phone yeah so it logged in for that and um i that's how i got the second reservation under his now i will say that the only glitch that i know a few people had and i mean it wasn't clear where you added people and some people that part of the screen was non-existent so you looked pretty clearly to see where do i add people where do i add people thought it was on the very next page click the button and then your reservation was already done right yeah, I saw several people making that same complaint too that they couldn't figure out how to add people. But yet, I said, but yet once again, literally, like almost ten people 
that we know we're able to add multiple people. So it's like it clearly, obviously, it wasn't that hard, or it's a problem with your 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 uh, your hardware is shit. Okay. So if you have shitty hardware and your software and the, your browser or whatever wasn't letting you scroll over to where the where that you added people, then clearly that's your... it wasn't clearly marked. It wasn't like, but yet you found here. it. But yet you found it. It wasn't clearly highlighted. But yet you found it. No, it was... he's saying that he did it a second time and it worked because they were. It was there. It wasn't there the first time. the The system like had screwed up or something, right? I, I guess I don't know. Well, the point is, you got it to work though, and everybody else who got reservations for you got it to work. Everybody who did got reservations for you got it to work, as well as yourself. Everybody that got reservations for a lot of people got it to work. Anybody that couldn't get it to work well, it was probably your own fault. Or maybe it's a phone. Need, maybe it was a phone thing because I do maybe know that you my need I did not have an Android phone. I, don't know. I know that my friend Jesse, who also has a iPhone just like Diggs, had uh, an issue. He couldn't add anybody either. So maybe it was a phone situation. I don't know. I just there seems to be so many people that had no problems, and yet so many people that didn't that did so. I don't know. All I know is that uh, everybody's all set. Uh, who has the earliest day? Anybody here opening day? I'm going June 1st. Yeah, that's when we're going. At 2 o'clock. That's yeah, same. most of the people I know that have uh, the 31st, uh, particularly uh, the 8 a.m. blocks, uh, we're all uh, basically uh, hotel people. Uh, I know one person who Disney tried to do dirty where they were confirmed on a reservation day for 8 a.m. Uh, May 31st. And then when they tried to get a confirmation with Disney, even though they had an email that said the 31st at 8 a.m., Disneyland was trying to say, no, we changed you to June 1st at 8 a.m. And Disneyland was trying to pull to this big bullshit about, well, if, if, if whatever our records show, that's what you have to do. And it doesn't matter what your email says. We're going off of the fact that we changed your... your uh, so I don't know how many people that might have happened to, but she was able to get that straightened Dang. out and changed back after much uh, deliberation. <laughs> that is dirty. And they did pull one of those things. Well, we'll do it just this once. Screw you. But, they, always, uh, they always say just this once, like as so, if that means anything. Uh, just a warning to everybody then that you guys should be double checking all of your different places where it says what your date and True. your times are just to verify that your email joshes with what it says in your app. Josh, whatever it says in all the different places it's supposed to say it. So just everybody out there who has reservations, make sure you double check all of your sources of when you're supposed to be. Because if you end up having a uh, conflict, uh, Disney may be trying to do some dirty. Well, this story sort of continues in what are they going to do after these reservation period is over on June 24th. Indeed. They, uh, we talked about it before. This was already had previously announced, but we did get some clarification on what they're calling the, uh, the uh, what's it called? Post-reservation uh, period? To, no, that's not what it's called. Virtual queue system is the term I was looking for, Tim, but thanks for nothing. You're welcome. Uh, they have, we spoke before about how they were going to initiate a virtual queue system for getting into Galaxy's Edge post-reservation period starting on June 24th. Uh, we got more details about on that now, uh, as well as some uh, parking things. Uh, I just want to back up real fast because I know that there's been some uh, dispute and different information coming out of Disney 
about uh, lining up the night before right. on the 31st, particularly, because uh, there had been word originally that there was going to be lineups allowed on the 31st, but now uh, Disney representatives are telling people that they're no longer allowing uh, lineups on the 31st. Uh, I've seen this discussed in a couple different groups amongst people. I don't know what the uh, official word on this is. Um, if maybe we can uh, find out by next week. What would be the point? Of lining up? Uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's the point. That's the idea is that there is really no point because if you already have a reservation, why would you need to sign up? The only reason really to line up is just so you're at the front of the reservation line, I guess. You can like book it onto the coast, under the uh, coaster, under the ride right away. Right, I don't know. Or get like, um, the, that very first diet coke. Yeah, that I don't know. Round bottle or whatever. Right, but uh, I mean, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't understand. Uh, but there seems to be a lot of conflict of information on that. If you guys are going on the thirty first, or now even on the. Uh, when you guys, anybody that might be waiting until the 24th to go, because uh, uh, that day is probably now going to have different rules. Uh, because uh, if they were originally saying that both days were going to allow lineups, uh, you have to figure that they still are probably going to be doing some sort of overnight lineup on the for the 24th. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see and try and get more clarity on that between now and then. And uh, we'll uh, try and get Diggs to find get more clarity on the lineup situation or not for the thirty first as well. It's probably they probably have to enter with their app or whatever to get the to be able to make a virtual reservation. A virtual uh, now that queue situation. it's good that you bring that up because that actually uh, segues into the first part of the virtual uh, the virtual queue thing for so starting twenty four the June twenty fourth. Uh, you will need uh, to log into the Disneyland app and secure a boarding pass in the virtual queue to get in. Now, we had previously announced that. Now, uh, what's interesting is that they do specify that, going along with what Tim was saying, early morning visitors will be able to head directly into the land without securing a boarding pass with the vir virtual queuing system. So anybody who's there at opening will not need to do a virtual queue. You will just be able to go straight to Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Edge as soon as the park opens, uh, which, you know, makes sense. makes sense because obviously if you're the first person in the park, uh, most likely on the 24th, literally everybody that's walking in is going to Galaxy's Edge first. Now You'd assume. You would assume. Now, where would you enter if you were, if you were, if you were going and you know I'm here, I'm rope drop and I'm going to enter... Where would you go? Would now, you I go? think, I don't know if somebody asked us this once before, but this has been answered. I have answered this, and I, it's, uh, it's easy. It's Critter Country. Because everybody's going to be trying to go for the uh, one of the two uh, uh, trail entrances. Uh, and I, because they're, 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 they're quote unquote closest. For my understanding is that for the time being, they're only using the entrance that the train goes over. Train goes over all three of them. Well, that you can see it go over. Uh, tra you can see the train go over all three of them. Mm, the one that has the bridge built over the entrance for the train. There's one specific one. It's Once the again, middle, the middle. That's all three of them. I don't. I don't believe that you're correct. No, that is correct. All three of them have a bridge going over it. They don't. You can. In fact, you can even I was just see there. it. I was just there looking up at the at the 
whole thing on on so the, the one in Critter. Closest. The one in Critter, you have to walk under the bridge for the train. Uh, the one in the middle, you have to walk under the bridge uh, to go through the archway. Uh, in fact, the what arch- I'm talking about the is an actual is right thing, thing that looks like a bridge, not a not a not a bridge. Yeah, the that Critter it has Country to... one and the one in the middle both have that. Okay, well, the one in the middle is what I'm talking about. Well, anyways, that's all hearsay. We don't know that for sure. Uh, yeah, I would you know go it for sure for the reservation period. They're only using that middle entrance. When did they say that, and where? Uh, on the map when you made your reservation. Okay, well, I didn't do a reservation. Is that true? I don't know. Okay. Well, either way, uh, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I, I would go to Critter because it would be less people. I think the less these amount of people are going to try to go that way. Plus, that's the section I want to see first. Actually, is the is the forested section and stuff like that. But. Uh, yeah, so if you're there early in the morning, basically anytime from uh, June 24th on, uh, if you're there first thing in the morning, road drop, basically, you will be able to go head straight to the land. Uh, a status bar in the Disneyland app will notify visitors when Galaxy's Edge is full and boarding bas- passes will start to be required for the virtual queue. Hmm. Uh, uh, it would be nice if they actually have that make be an actual notification where your app can actually have a notification that pops up and shows you that the uh, they've started that. But I don't know if they're going that far. Uh, I don't know if they even have notifications like that on the Disneyland app. I'm not aware of it. But uh, So it's going to be one of those things where you're just going to have to be having the Disneyland constantly looking at the Disneyland app and looking... Uh, I mean, uh, particularly if you're getting to the park, like, say, anywhere after probably, like, 11 a.m., 11, somewhere 11. So what time is the park going to be opening normally during those days? Nine? Eight? So I would say probably any time. If you think you're going to get to the park anytime between 9 and 10, start looking at the, uh, when basically when you park and you're on the tram or the bus or whatever the hell you're going to get on to get to the, to the park. Uh, start looking at the uh, app and see if that status bar is showing whether the uh, the virtual queue is on or whether you can just walk straight to Galaxy's Edge. Uh, now, late night visitors may also find that the boarding passes are not required to enter the land, depending on how many people have exited the land in the evening. So that will also be something to keep an eye on. If you happen to have gone and then you've already done your time and uh, or whatever, uh, because aren't they still, even after that, they're still trying to gonna have to try to do the limits to four hours thing, right? Weren't they talking about that? Not after the reservation period. I thought I had seen something about after the reservation period they were going to limit time to. But, um, oh, I'm going to back up again real fast because I just remembered something about the uh, the four-hour limit uh, <laughs> that they did announce that there would be wristbands. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, they did announce uh, through the OC register that the, uh, they would be giving out uh, each hourly bl- or each four-hour block would have a different color wristband. And the way that they're going to keep uh, the you from staying in there too long after is basically uh, there are going to be certain places that once your color has expired, you will be denied adm- admins. Everywhere. Everywhere, basically. In the bathroom. You know, I thought I thought it was going to be like... Start shocking you. <laughs> that would be the best. They would be the best. But uh, no, they will deny you into uh, access to the ride. They will deny you access to ha- uh, to uh, uh, Docking Bay Seven. They will deny you access to Oga's Cantina. Uh, basically, the only places you probably would still be able to go with the wristband would be shops. But even then, 
uh, they made it pretty plain that there will be stormtroopers walking around looking for your looking at your wristbands. That's cool. So, uh, yeah, there will be color coded wristbands, presumably, uh, or some sort of wristband that will uh, designate, and that's what they'll be keeping an eye out. This and is how they do the mix-ins with the with the Halloween parties and all the other special events, same thing. It's kind of an opposite same of that, thing. but yeah, it's kind of like. If you have the wrong wristband, then you're getting kicked out as opposed to wristbands, wristbands. So, yes, there will be no time limit to how long visitors may spend in Galaxy's Edge after June 24th or starting on June 24th. Uh, push notification will be sent to your Disney, to the Disney, to you, to uh, push notification will be sent to you when it's time for your boarding group to enter Galaxy's Edge. Uh, there will have kiosks throughout the park will issue paper boarding passes to people not using smartphone apps. Now, I don't know where that's going to be. I don't know if you've heard anything about that, that they will have actual kiosks giving out paper boarding passes. No, I haven't heard nothing. Uh, now, this they will this will allow visitors to explore Disneyland attractions, restaurants, and shops while waiting to experience Galaxy's Edge. Obviously, we this is what we talked about before last month when we were talking about this. Uh, you will. Uh, this is important. Just a note so that way nobody ever has to say that you weren't told. Once you have your... Uh, boarding pass time and you are called you have two hours to show up for your boarding pass entry or you will be voided so if they tell you that you need to be there at two you have up until four o'clock to go that's or pretty else, cool though that's pretty i mean, I mean that's, that's a long that's time. A time i mean if you can't get there i that's mean even bad. if you're in line i mean let's say the only thing i could think of that would be like a problem is if like say you got your boarding pass and but then again, why would you get in line for racers at three if you know that your boarding pass time is? Why would you four? walk all the way over there? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's a good. I mean, you have time to get at least one ride, right? If it's busy, right? I mean, depending wait, on when you get there, yeah. yeah, you have time to go get it on one ride. So, and you have to assume that the boarding passes, uh, the virtual queue is going to work very similar to uh, how fast passes work, where obviously. The later in the day you get there, then uh, the you know the less chance you have of getting a certain slot or a certain time. But uh, obviously, you know, once uh, there shouldn't be any chance of you not getting in, right. because eventually by the night it, the crowd will probably die down and you'll be able to just walk in. Hopefully, uh, you must be inside the park to select a Galaxy's Edge boarding group using the Disneyland app, and once again you will supposedly get a push notification from the app when your time is ready. Now, and then it specifies that Disney uh, plans to stop using the virtual queuing system as soon as crowds dissipate. Now, two uh, years from now. Now, uh, this uh, kind of reminds me of uh, when uh, Harry Potter opened at Universal uh, over here. No, not Florida, here. Uh, they built a big section of, uh, across from Shrek, they built a big old bank of uh fast pass machines basically that were specifically for to get into harry potter uh and to get into hogwarts and they meant those for basically basically the same thing as this so basically a virtual queue where you get your ticket and then it'll tell you when you can go in uh they built those they used them like the first day and then they never needed them again <laughs> uh the rest of the year, they tore them out because they hadn't even used them. And then all of a sudden, Christmas, they got busier than they had ever been in their lives. 
and they needed them again all of a sudden, but they didn't have them to use. So, <laughs> so they had to build a queue outside the entrance to uh, Hogwarts to to Hogsmeade uh, for letting people in because they didn't have those machines anymore. <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, best laid plans. <laughs> Uh, in this case, at least it's all virtual. Uh, they, they they did say they will be setting up kiosks, but most likely they will be the portable kind, like we've seen them use before for Fantasmic and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, so uh, you'll just have to. We'll probably get more details about that be, between now and June twenty fourth when the that actually uh, starts. How many lurker people do you think they'll be just like Lots. standing around Lots. The, near the entrance, trying to see if they can get in? Or just like watching other people go in, sort of mad at them. <laughs> I'm going to be at a watch. I'm not going to be mad at anyone. You're going to go on the 31st to watch? Uh, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. We'll Take see. some videos. Yeah. Just to see what's going on. I think I'll wait till the next day. I'll go see the Godzilla movie or something on the 31st. I don't even care about Godzilla. Hey, so also announced by the uh, the Orange County Register, uh, who gets all the cool scoops, apparently, uh, certainly better than Walt Disney World News today, is that there are going to be, we've wondered all this time, will there be popcorn buckets in Galaxy's Edge? Will there be sippers? Will there be any of that kind of thing? Well, the answer is yes. I mean, we had to figure that they had to be creative. They're going to have to be like something that's going to be in world. You can't have somebody walking around with Darth Vader's head inside of Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. You can't have somebody walking around with a with a with a Tie Fighter or a uh, or a Adad. I mean, I guess you could, but they would have to make it look like it's more crafty. But uh, but apparently, what you can walk around with is a mouse droid under your arm. Cool, because they will be having a mouse droid popcorn bucket. Now, uh, Tim over here claims that he's seen pictures of it and that he thinks it looks stupid. Now, I don't know if that's just because he thinks mouse droids are stupid or whether that's because he's stupid. Well, if that's a picture of it, then he's stupid because that looks amazing. And I can't wait for somebody to get me one. (laughs) I'm not feeling it. It looks completely like a mouse droid. It looks way better than the mouse droid remote control mouse droid that they were selling at... uh, See who it's from? Who's it from? Aaron Richards. Viva? Oh, God, Aaron Richardson, what a piece of shit. <laughs> now, the other thing you'll be able to get, of course, will be a sipper. And, well, you know, what's gonna, what's, a, what's a blue milk without a, without, a, uh, without a squeeze bottle to squeeze your blue milk out of into your mouth while it's nice and hot Ew. and uh, fresh out of the teat? Ew, that's gross. Real quick, I just want to do a little quick little story about warm milk. Oh, my. Uh, my grandmother used to heat up the milk. When we, it was because it was nighttime and we wanted cereal, so she would heat up the milk, and I would have uh, warm milk with Rice Krispies, and that was just nasty. I hated it. That was just gross. <laughs> Better put some milk on that shit. <laughs> or no, I mean no. I was trying to quote. I, that was the wrong quote. Better put some water on that shit. <laughs> I was trying to quote Friday, and I got it wrong. Now the uh, like once again the milk bottle sipper will re- re- uh, will resemble presumably uh, Luke Skywalker's uh, bottle that he has his green milk in in the Last Jedi. The uh, popcorn bucket will be found at Kat Saka's kettle popcorn stand. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. That's how it looks. Did it sound? Did it sound dirty? <laughs> <laughs> And the sipper will be available, of course, at the blue milk stand. 
Uh, I don't know if that's going to be at both blue milk stands. It doesn't really specify. What about the green milk? Well, of course the green milk. The blue milk and the green milk are both sold at the same place. Uh, It's the milk stand. I don't know why it specifically says for blue milk. It should say for blue and green milk. Yeah, I did say the sipper and popcorn bucket were on display in the Galaxy's Edge cast member preview center. So presumably there's pictures of it somewhere because cast members are shady. Now, I know you're not supposed to take pictures. They're not. But uh, somebody must have a picture of it. But that's not it. So, yeah, definitely I'll be uh, Diggs will be getting me a uh, mouse droid. All right. So on starting on next Friday, May 24th, they will have a new line of designer Mickey ears. I've been waiting for this news forever. I know you have. <laughs> Wait, so you mean that all of those other shitty Mickey ears that everybody loves, like the rose gold and the rose pink and the rose blue and the rose chartreuse and the rose shit, those ones, none of those were considered designer because there was no actual designers attached to them. They were just like, oh, look at these, look at these. Yes. So if you think that people went crazy over those, oh, just you Wait. Because actual designer Mickey ears are coming to the park starting on May 24th with the release of a Harvey's, whatever that is. I'm sure it's something that people know what Harvey's is. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So it's going to be Mickey ears made out of seatbelts. No. In the photo. I don't know. There's a lot of photos. It's the one photo with the aircraft seatbelt bow and then like the regular. Well, anyways, there's uh, so that's what's going to be coming out on May 24th, followed by uh, basically releases uh, every so often all the way through summer of next year. And those include, uh, for those of you who just are uh, going to throw some names out there, and if you know, then that's great. If you don't, then, well, who cares? Uh, Betsy Johnson, Alex and Annie, Noah Fine Art, Kim Irvine. Uh, her universe, those uh, and Shag, those are all coming in the sometime during the summer. Uh, I know her universe and I know Shag. I know Shag. Uh, the her universe one is one that might be actually kind of a cool one, depending on what the theme is. Uh, it's uh, it'd be cool if she did a uh, Star Wars themed one, but it's most likely it's going to be some sort of Disney themed one. Uh, but uh, there's no doubt that one's going to be a cool one. Uh, Shag always has some really cool designs, but then again, sometimes he has some really weird designs. So Supposedly, the Shag one is the Tiki Room traditional ears. Oh, okay. The Coach is the black ears with little flowers on it. Uh, the one that looks like 4th of July is the one, the Harveys I was trying to tell you about. Uh, now, starting in fall of this year, there would be there will be a Jared Maruyama one. That should be cool. Uh, his is uh, probably going to enter, in, inter, in, uh, have his uh, hipster... Mickey design. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Heidi Klum, The Blondes, Loungefly, and Coach. As uh, Tim mentioned, uh, Loungefly uh, usually has some pretty cool designs. Loungefly uh, stuff should be fun. Yeah. Heidi uh, Klum. Eh, her, she's in the picture of hers. They look hideous. Right. Uh, then uh, moving to next year in April, uh, one that's going to be specifically a Joe Road design, which uh, should be uh, very fascinating of what he's going to do. Uh, then in spring of next year, uh, Vera Wang, Cus- Cupcakes in Cashmere, Meh. Ken Rafferty, and Carly Kloss. 
Uh, so if you're fans of any of those people, and then summer of next year, a John Coulter design. John Coltrane? Yes, John Coltrane. Uh, you will be able to get those from the Disney Dress Shop, Disneyana, and Off the Page at Disneyland. And then Ever After, Mouse Gear, Uptown Jewelers, Once Upon a Time, and Discovery Trading Company in Walt Disney World. Uh, you can also get them online and on the Shop Disney thing. So get your designer ears on. Ah, see what I did there? <laughs> uh, I made a joke and a funny. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Thanks, man. Is it a good, 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 good time? What? Speaking of mistakes. Speaking of mistakes, <laughs> yeah. The uh, We told you, we, we mentioned this before, right? This was a kind of announced before. This rinse. Yes, yeah, we talked about it was coming. This rinse. The like, store isn't a mistake. Is the store is whatever. I mean, it's a little dumb, but it's like that people would buy this stuff. They buy this kind of stuff in Vegas. No reason they wouldn't you buy it. You can go anywhere. to a freaking mall and buy this stuff. Right. Why do you need to go to downtown Disney and buy this stuff? I mean, first of all, we know that sometimes they, they try to put things into downtown Disney because they want to try and make it more mallish and make it more, uh, you know, people want to come there just for various reasons. But uh, we know uh, from experience that most of the places that they try to put there like that don't do very well. Uh, now, I mean, when they try to put someplace like that uh, in downtown Disney and then put it someplace where absolutely nobody's going to be able to find it, that makes things even worse. So this new place called Rinse Bath and Body Company that, like I said, we told you guys probably a, a little while back that this was coming. They have opened... Now, what used to be here? This was part it of It was the, uh, the rent-a-car stuff. The rent-a-car. Yeah. Uh, the rent-a-car that was over that was next to the uh, Disney Travel Company uh, that was around the corner from where the theater was. Uh, those of you that were APs that ever went to AP screenings and they would send you around to the back of the theater, you would literally walk right by this thing. Uh, it's literally the only people that are going to know it's there or anybody coming from the, uh, the hotel parking lot or the new, the, what is now the downtown. Now I think that's what they're counting on is the fact that, uh, in case anybody doesn't know that, uh, we've mentioned it before that the, the old downtown Disney parking is closed. So the, the point day. is, is that the actual official downtown Disney parking is now on the other side of the Paradise Pier Hotel where it was almost 20 years ago when the when downtown disney first opened that right. was the original downtown disney parking and uh at the time because there was no parking over that's them, simba simba mm. uh which is actually now it's called simba and zazu because there are actual signs in the part lot that say simba and zazu uh because i think there's it shares there is a now a shared uh cast member lot there now but uh oh yeah the corner of it is cast member yeah more like the west by west yeah um the uh when you come from there you basically have to walk by this place now getting back to the rinse bath and body company mm-hmm. uh they kind of if you park there now you have to kind of walk by this place which is what they're counting on because that brings us to the biggest part that we haven't mentioned and that it's it's outside of the security net oh so if you were to have come from Mickey and Friends or if you came from Toy Story 
or if you were in Disneyland or California Adventure or any of the places that is not the downtown Disney parking, or if you're in downtown Disney itself, you literally have to exit the security like as if you were going to the hotel and then go around to it, visit the place, and then go back through security to get back to downtown Disney. Because, you know, body wash is worth all that trouble. It is. So uh, we're taking bets on how long this is going to stay open. I'm saying a month. A month. Yeah. I'm I think sure they have the, to stay open for their lease. I think there's going to be that little traffic that this place is going to be like dead in a month. It's not very big, so maybe that's the only thing that'll help them. Or maybe then Disney wants some place in that location bad enough, then they'll help them out. I don't know. I don't think though. So. I don't think so. I mean, it makes sense for rental cars to be over there. <laughs> it makes sense because it was next to the Disney Travel Company, yeah. Right. But it doesn't make any sense because, you know, nothing says Disney Travel Company like body wash. <laughs> so, yeah, go check that out. Let us know. Endgame. How many times have you guys seen Endgame? Once. Yeah, we already established <laughs> last time that he well, he doesn't go see movies multiple times. Oh, well, you? I've seen it twice. Uh, I will be seeing it a third time this week. Yeah, I saw it three times. First time was in Dolby. Second time was uh, IMAX here, local to you, Anthony. And then the third time I went to Universal during the week and saw IMAX 3D on the traditional IMAX screen. Yeah, thanks for the no invite, Mr. Uh, thanks for no invite. Literally admits to seeing the movie right next to me, but doesn't call for an invite. There was no seat. So despite having the uh, the greatest opening ever for a video game-based movie, uh, Pikachu did not come in first place with its $58 million that it made because Avengers Endgame was the number one movie in the box office for the third weekend in a row with $64 million. It, uh now this last week, actually uh, last weekend, uh, not this last weekend, the weekend before, it had passed the two point, uh, the two billion mark, and then it passed two point one eight eight billion to become the it, to become the second highest grossing film of all time worldwide. It passed Titanic and uh, sunk the ship. And uh, now the only thing it's it's like literally it's it's hours if not days from uh, passing Avatar worldwide for the for the best uh, highest grossing film of all time. Uh, uh, I mean, very likely it will pass it. Oh, it's it's undoubtable. I mean, where it's only in its third weekend, it's still the number one movie in America. Uh, The only thing that's really going to probably it might not be number one this weekend because there is enough John Wick fans and uh, puppy fans to... Uh, the dog's, dog's purpose. Is so, uh, excuse me if I throw up. Yeah, well, you know, you, we, dark we've re- already talked about how you lack emotion. So. I agree. Excuse me <laughs> if I throw I up about dog reincarnation. But uh, the... Uh, so... Uh, Wick definitely has a chance, and then of course uh, Latin, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, the following weekend. So uh, Avengers Endgame has some competition coming up, but it should stay strong, and uh, there's no reason why 
uh, after um, by four weeks, it shouldn't have already passed Avatar and just be like the greatest movie of all time as far as numbers. Uh, I think it still has a ways to go to pass some things as far as American uh, domestic gross. I know it just passed Infinity War this past week for domestic, uh, but it still has a ways to go. But uh, yeah, the, the, the worldwide Avatar uh, uh, is uh, just literally within reach and will be crushed. Now, my third... Actually, I'll say this. The second time I saw the movie... I thought, man, there's all this stuff that I want to talk about on the podcast. Just little little things that I noticed. But then at the end of the movie, man, I was just like so, like, uh, you know, with all the information that I said, okay, next time I see this, I'm going to take notes. So I did take notes. And uh, I'll go through them as quickly as possible. But really, it's just things I noticed that I wanted to bring up to you guys, and we can have a quick conversation about each one. Uh, the first thing was that when Tony is taking this uh, video from the helmet in the spaceship in the beginning of the movie, he looks really frail, like really weak, like he doesn't. And, but they haven't really been up there for that long. So do you have any thoughts on why he looks so He's frail? running out of oxygen. Well, yeah, he says it's day 24 or 21 or something like that. So it's been 21 days or 20-something days that they've been... Uh, that him and Nebula have been on the ship mm-hmm. since, uh, you know, escaping from Titan after the fight with Thanos. And uh, he did say that they had to uh, turn down and uh, go to auxiliary power and stuff like that just to maintain the oxygen for as long as they had. And uh, so, I mean, if you start running out of oxygen, you're going to start feeling, you know, the effects of it. And don't forget the fact that he's still feeling the effects of the battle with Thanos. Right. Uh, where he he basically got uh, you know a blast to the chest, and uh, you know in the beginning there you can see uh, Nebula working on his wound. Right, yeah, so, she heals him. Yeah. So uh, he's he's gone through a lot of uh, shit, and then you know you have to think about the mental shit that he's going through at that point with uh, having uh, lost Peter. Uh, he doesn't know if he's going to see uh, Pepper again. I mean, he pretty much knows he's not when, right. So moment. I mean, at that point, he knows that he you know I, I mean you, you see it again when he comes back. When he when he gets home, you know he tells Steve, "I lost the kid." You know that's the you know that's the first thing on his mind is you know he Steve lost. Steve says we lost everyone, right? And uh, you know a lot of people are making uh, talking a lot of crap about that, thinking that uh, he was trying to make him feel better, but it wasn't really you know the right time to do that. But I don't know. I mean, that's different opinions on that. But yeah, that's the place I think Tony was in at the time when he's recording that message. He's just really, you know, he basically he's consigned to the fact that he's 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 going to die tomorrow. I was oh. I was thinking about his the physical frailty and the amount of weight that it looked like he'd lost. I was comparing it to like when these people come off of Survivor after thirty or forty days, but it hadn't been that many days. So well, right, that's why I was that's why I was wondering if there was an extenuating circumstance. Well, they might that even have been to, on who knows what kind of rations they already had on the on the Benatar. Uh, they may have already been, you know. I mean, considering the fact that uh, you know Quill obviously eats a lot. Uh, Thor had just been on the ship uh, previously, so oh, he probably eats everything. Well, I mean, he does now, but uh, well, let's they... we can move on to that one. So, uh, the next one I had was uh, Steve Rogers, group therapist. That's my note. I mean, basically, like of all the things that he could be doing as Captain America, he's like 
just talking to random people. One of one of whom I realize is one of the directors of the movie. Yes, the guy who's uh, goes on a date with another guy, and then they end up uh, crying at different moments. And yeah, throughout that's the date. Uh, that's Ru- that's uh, one of the Russo, Russo brothers. Uh, one of the other guys with the glasses who they who they focus on quite a bit. Uh, that's actually Jim Starlin, who's the actual writer and creator of Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet. Cool. Um, so that was a note that uh, I thought it was interesting. Steve Rogers was like leading group therapy. Um, moving forward, this this goes through the movie in, in chronological order, but uh, that Audi concept car, and also the and also the newly released e-tron. Uh, but that Audi concept car, I thought was pretty sick. Uh, the e-tron they're selling. There's the new electric. But that's the one that Tony pulls up in in front of the Avengers headquarters okay. when he's like figured out time travel. Um, oh, that's my next note. Figured out time travel slash needs of the many. So like while he's having that conversation with Pepper, it's really like it's really his like aha moment of, hey, I figured out time travel. And then, you know, but I don't have to do this while, it, you know, I, I think of Stan Lee's voice in my head and it's literally processing as he's saying it going the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or in this case the one that would be spock but not stan lee but that's okay (laughs) i heard it is it is spock you're right i heard it is something stan lee had said no stan lee Uh, would say with great power comes great responsibility which would definitely fall into the same category of uh if he knows that he can if he has the answer to time travel and can fix everything it's his basic uh responsibility with that power to be able to use it. But yes, uh, definitely. You're, you're right. That was totally Spock. No, no, no. no 100% though. The, the whole Spock line of uh, reasoning goes right along with it. And I was just thinking about that same situation uh, last night uh, while watching. I was mentioning that you should watch Chernobyl, the miniseries yeah. that's on right on right now, uh, which I would compare to, uh, did you ever see 13 days? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people never realized how close we were to nuclear war uh, during the Cuba Missile Crisis until you saw that. Uh, you'll never really realize how close we were to all uh, being just uh, nuclear waste uh, subjects uh, after Chernobyl. But uh, at the end of the episode, basically, it's a situation like that where uh, three men are basically asked to die to save $60 million. Mm-hmm. And, Makes uh, sense, you know, and that's just you have to come to grips with that uh, for yourself. And uh, it's the same thing that, yeah, Tony had to come to grips with. That was the possibility. And he comes to realize that at the end, I know I'm skipping ahead with your list, but he comes to realize that at the end when Strange holds up that one and he knows that the one chance is for him to take the gauntlet and do what he has to do. You know, I may have missed that. I, I mean, I know that he signaled him sort of. And he also refused to acknowledge that this was the this was the future. Well, because he didn't want Tony to change it, because he knew that if he told Tony that this was the the one, that he, he not would not gun. voluntarily uh, decide to make the sacrifice. Right. If he knew that it was the one, he might not voluntarily decide to do it. But at the point when it became inevitable, Strange holds up the one finger and tells him, "This is this is it." Basically, this is your time to shine. I didn't know that. 
See, that's why you need to see the movie again. Yeah, that's why you got to. I'm mean, honestly seeing it again, especially a movie with this much information. Yeah, I don't know so if much information. A, you notice a bunch of stuff you didn't notice. The first yeah, I just rather wait till it comes on. You know, and Blu-ray. just watch it from your couch. Yeah. yeah. So the next thing I wrote down here was uh, that uh, during the Hulk's uh, breakfast experience, um, you know, the <laughs> kids are all taking their selfie with the Hulk, and then uh, you know, the oh, I'm Ant Man. Do you want to take a picture with me? I noticed the entire time the kids probably don't know who the Black Widow is, but you'd think that they'd know Captain America, and he's just sitting there, and they don't no acknowledgement whatsoever. I thought that was well, funny. I mean, I know I've seen people mention that, but I don't know if not necessarily, because if people have seen only a video of him like uh, on the news or something, he would have always had the mask on. No, but he hasn't worn that mask in, in a while. But as Captain America, he's worn the mask. Hmm. I don't know. Didn't he stop wearing the mask like in Winter Soldier? No, he still he had the mask for uh, for uh, Civil War and for uh, 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 Ultron. And the last time they probably would have seen them on any kind of footage would have been either uh, the battle at the airport and Civil War, maybe or, you're right, or the footage from Sokovia in uh, Ultron. But uh, I don't know. That's the only explanation I really have that for that. Uh, it was mainly just creating a funny moment for uh, for Ant Man. Who obviously, why would yeah. they recognize Ant-Man? Because uh, Well, that whole part of the movie <laughs> is basically the Ant-Man part of the movie, I think. Right, it's the part that you said you wanted to pee during. Right. Uh, no, I meant the, the three and a half minutes right after he like comes out of the van. Right. How long does it take to pee? Come Which on. is, by the way, I, I actually paid attention to that the second time I saw the movie. He literally comes out of the van like at like the 20 minute park in the movie. And if you already have to go to the um, bathroom at 20 minutes into the movie, you've got real problems. I didn't need to pee during that part. I read an article that said that that was one of the parts where you could get up. And pee. my point is, is that if you have to pee after 20 minutes in a movie, you, you probably shouldn't be going to the movies. You have problems. And then you're going to pee in every single movie that there is, except for even, even the, uh, even the uh, the less than an hour Winnie the Pooh movie. Hey, let me just say that I drove for four hours today and I didn't have to pee while I was driving. See, that's a good yeah, job. You Otherwise, you would have taken longer to get here. Oh, I was drinking uh, uh, my Minute Maid light here and uh, water. Good. And I had a chocolate shake. Uh, my next note says uh, Thor fat suit. I just thought we'd have a quick conversation i mean have you seen any videos of him like getting dressed into it or uh like that? no i've i have seen uh plenty of videos of him in it uh like a lot of those back behind the scenes videos they've been releasing but i haven't seen anything of him getting into it uh i just wanted to make a comment that uh you know yeah thor lebowski a little bit a <laughs> little bit uh yeah. my only question is is that uh if uh because it was it was tony that that uh calls him Thor Lebowski and uh or he calls him Lebowski and my only question is is that if uh, he knows Lebowski then uh why didn't he uh, make a comment about how Obadiah Stane looked like uh Lebowski but you know that's a whole nother uh Twilight Zone episode mm, Twilight Zone uh, uh I think somebody has made the the headcanon that uh in the Marvel universe Somebody else was uh, that Jeff Bridges doesn't exist, and that someone else uh, played Lebowski in uh, Big Lebowski. Oh, maybe, maybe that's true. Who knows? 
next on my thing, this is just something I, I thought was funny, that Rocket can't seem to remember Mantis's name. <laughs> <laughs> the chick with the antenna. Uh, I mean, it's literally one, it's like what, Mantis, it's two syllables. I mean, it's literally the same amount of syllables as his name. But there's no reason he shouldn't be able to remember. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. not like he's trying to remember, uh, you know. Actually, that reminds me as well. When Rocket talks, when Tony first comes back, he's finally back in the thing. He needs to shave, whatever. He calls him Rabbit. No, he, tell, he calls <laughs> him Rabbit. He calls too. him a Rabbit. No, he says, until this exact moment, I thought you were a Build-A-Bear. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, <laughs> the Build-A-Bear comment is really funny. Uh, I wonder how much they paid for that. Um. Anyway, the, that was part of their deal for getting Build-A-Bear out of downtown Disney. <laughs> probably, right? Uh, this is something I was curious about. You probably know the answer. There are three separate mentions of Budapest between Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow. Just in that movie? Uh, just in Endgame, it's mentioned hmm. three times. Well, clearly you haven't seen any of the other movies that have had Hawkeye and uh, Clint, then, or Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow, because... Uh, Budapest has been mentioned going all the way back to uh, the first Avengers movie. Okay, so do we know what it is? No, we don't. Okay. So it's, it's, it's probably building it's up for her movie. It's basically a running joke. Uh, I actually, I think I mentioned that on the podcast a couple of weeks ago because Budapest is basically the uh, the Siege of Mandalore for Marvel, uh, where we've heard so many things about the Siege of Mandalore in Star Wars uh, between Rebels and Clone Wars and stuff like that. So some that big shit went down and nobody's going to talk about it. Well, we're going to get to see the Siege of Mandalore in the upcoming Clone Wars episodes that are going to be coming out on Disney+. Plus. But, uh, yeah, there is definitely a lot of speculation that if the uh, the Black Widow movie is a prequel, pre-prequel, that we might get to see Budapest. Uh, but if it, yeah, and then because a lot of people are talking about it, it might take place uh, around before or around the time of... Uh, of Iron Man 2, which is when we first meet her. And, of course, we first see Clint in uh, Thor, so... Yeah, I... I, but no, it's I an, assumed it's an, it was I, something that went back further, but I thought, man, three three movies in, or three mentions in one movie of Budapest, maybe there's something that I no, missed somehow in one of the previous movies? Or? Well, you did miss things, the mentions of it in the previous movies, but... Uh, not the actual Budapest. No, though. not the actual Budapest. It's like an inside joke between them that uh, hopefully we'll get to get some insight on eventually so this is this next one is one that I, i'm pretty sure i understand the the answer uh but i think a lot of people have been wondering this because i've seen people talk about it in groups is it's a when they're trying to steal the uh tesseract and the staff uh in the process loki steals the tesseract takes a step back and disappears so he uses the power of the stone to like transport himself through to asgard i'm assuming or somewhere and I'd, a lot of people will have wondering, but if he stole it, like, what the hell? Where did he go? That's what people are wondering. Do you have an answer to that? Well, there's one. Uh, there's there's a couple different uh, things you can look at. Uh, number one, he created an alternate timeline when he did that, uh, as explained by the Ancient One to uh, Banner. Yes. Uh, he created an alternate timeline where he takes the Tesseract and goes off and does things. Which may or may not, depending on what you've heard, uh, be what his uh, Disney Plus series might be about. Uh, oh, that's a good point. If it is not like about that. that, then there's also been rumors that he may not even be in the series, that it may be a young Loki, and that he may just do narration, uh, which I hope that's not what it is. But 
Uh, yes, there has been much speculation that the Loki series will be about his misadventures with the uh, Tesseract in the alternate timeline. But uh, as far as uh, the, the MCU needs to worry about as far as the future, uh, that timeline was erased as soon as Tony and Steve go back. And uh, technically... But that's the answer. If you're wondering what the hell happened to Loki and why he disappeared and where he could have gone, it just doesn't matter because Steve and Tony went back. They met Howard Stark and uh, Steve saw his wife through the window, which I'm I'm not sure how she didn't look up and see him too, but nonetheless, it's a movie. And uh, that they got the Tesseract and took it into the future for to build this thing. Now, so the, obviously, the only catches to that is that we know that Steve was supposed to have taken and put everything back where it came from. When so does he, he put it back to? If he puts it back where he's supposed to put that thing back where it came from, you know, basically if he does what the song tells you to do, uh, he put he put it back in the same place that Tony and him took it from. Which means that the whole series of events... Which means that everything after that could still take place and look, he could still take the Tesseract. But then again... Which could be the reason for the TV show, which I, sound, I like the sound of. Right. Um. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's the that's the that's the catch on that. Because uh, I've also seen a lot of people ask. Uh, oh well, does because Thor t- took the hammer when he goes back in time to Asgard during the events of Dark World when he takes the when he takes the hammer. Uh, does that mean that Thor doesn't have the hammer during that adventure? But no, no because then he takes the hammer back in time with him. To- along with all the stones yeah, and takes, presumably returns that as well yeah, as he will return the hammer back to the time that back to the exact time that uh, Thor took it along as well as returning the, uh, the, ether. the ether back into uh, Jane Foster. Uh, so what's Tony Stark's thing called again? Arc reactor. The arc reactor. Uh, I just thought thing it was... actually doesn't do anything anymore. It just looks now. No, when he takes it off in the thing, he no, collapses. it doesn't do anything. It's uh, it's just for looks now. Uh, Iron Man three, he he, in the events of Iron Man three, he actually made it to where he didn't need that anymore. So he just wears it just because. Basically. So why did he collapse in Endgame when he took it off? Because he was already dying. Not it was just symbolic. It was it was not symbolic. at the end of the movie. I'm yeah, talking about in a... the in the when he came back. He was like, oh, screw this. I'm not doing it. And he rips it off and he collapses. Once again, it was just being symbolic. He doesn't really need that. It doesn't do anything. It's just kind of just there. Um, well, nonetheless, I thought it was pretty hilarious how Thor used the Molinar to um, tap and like do CPR, basically, on the arc reactor. Now, that Tony did still need the arc right. reactor because that was previous to Iron Man 3 events. But Iron Man 3 came out after, after Avengers. Avengers. Okay. So that Tony who uh, Ant-Man causes to go into cardiac arrest, that Tony still needs the arc reactor because okay. he hasn't done it yet. But the Tony in, in the the pr- prime Tony in Endgame still doesn't need it. Right. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny how he was like, oh, let me just tap you with one of the most powerful things in the universe. Yeah. I'll just do it this way. <laughs> Well, he just uh, he uses lightning and right. basically like using a clear. So yeah. uh, the other question you may you may know the answer to this is where did Thor summon Molinar from on Asgard? 
wherever Thor had it sitting at the time of those events. So then imagine Thor's face as it flies away. If he's even near it, because, you know, Thor oftentimes in the movies, he'll just set it down and then you'll see him just. Yeah, because he doesn't. Why why carry it if you can do that? Yeah, exactly. He'll just set it down places, random places, then do the whole hold out his hand thing. And, you know, like his mother says, sometimes it takes a while. I just thought it was awesome that he. You can imagine I, I, him just sitting there and see it fly away. Well, yeah, he's like, you know, it's because a lot of times he would like leave it setting, sitting on something and he would sit near it, right? He's not right. going to hold it. And imagine it flies away and Thor's like, what the hell's going on? Like, who else can even pick this thing up? He doesn't know Steve Rogers at that point. He doesn't know Steve's going to be able to pick it up. So I just thought it was great. Uh, the, the thought of his face, like not understanding how it could be leaving him made me crack up. Uh, okay. We talked about this a second ago. Uh, Loki takes the the Tesseract. He disappears. Then they have to go back to get the Pem particles and the Tesseract in the what decade? Sixties? Nineteen seventy. In the seventies. That's right. Because that's when the that's when the cameos there and um, Stan Lee's like you hippies. Or yeah, whatever. they go to uh, Camp Lehigh. Or make love, not war. Is what yeah, it's they go to Camp Lehigh in nineteen seventy, which was where. Uh, which has appeared in several of the movies. So Tony says, I know where it is, right? And he also knows that that's where Pem particles are. Because he approximately knows from what he knows uh, in research about probably his re- own personal research about Pym and, and dad, the yeah. fact that Pym worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. and that Pym would have been working out of whatever the S.H.I.E.L.D. layer was at the time, which right. at that time was... Uh, underground bunker. in the in the yeah in the bunker in uh, Camp Lehigh, but what which Tony already knows exists because of the events of Winter Soldier, because he goes there and that's where he finds Zola's uh, computer ghost. Okay, what I didn't know if anybody picked up on. I know that my friend didn't, and my other friend that I saw it after that didn't as well. But. Uh, Tony chose his own birthday, literally the day of his birth, to go back to. Do you think he thought his dad wouldn't be around on that day? Do you think that he consciously chose that day? Or was it just kind of an... I mean, I, we don't know how the time travel system works, right? But if it's got to be well, pretty I mean, exact. Well, you yeah, be because they specifically chose the day of the Battle of New York to travel back. Right. Uh, they specifically chose the day of, uh, you know... Dark world to travel back, so they are Tony's little. Well, he very specifically said, "We're going to go back to yeah." He very specifically May thirteenth, nineteen seventy one, or whatever. Yeah, he yeah. very specifically chose the day, and yes, he may have thought maybe there was a chance that uh, it was the weekend and nobody would be there or something like that, and it just happened. Either he happened to know that well, he knows maybe... that his dad was there for his birth, right. so his dad wouldn't be around at that time. He might have been hoping that, yeah, maybe. Not counting on the fact that uh, Howard was, like, late, you know, or whatever. Uh, maybe his mom never told him his dad was late to his birth. Yeah, I mean, there's several things that could have been going through his head. He may even have specifically uh, picked it because he thought he might see his dad. That's the other thing. Well, my, my, my note literally says Tony chose his own birthday to go back to. Was he thinking that his father wouldn't be around or would? Did he think maybe I might run into him, and that's was like part of why he chose that day instead of a day before or a day later? Man, I think his choice ultimately, uh, you know, benefited uh, Steve in the most part because obviously Steve never expected to see Peggy while he was there. Right. 
Uh, he probably did, the thought didn't even probably cross his mind that uh, he didn't make the connection from when he was in that same uh, facility in during uh, Winter Soldier. When he goes down there, he finds Peggy's office while he's there. But uh, he, with him being there while everything's hopping and the place is active, he probably didn't even realize because he was just ducking into that door to to get out of the sight of uh, the women from Community. <laughs> Nicole, Yvette Nicole Brown. Yes. Who's also always on the uh, Talking Dead as well. A uh, long line of uh, Russo uh, Community cameos in uh, in uh, Marvel films. Yeah, she's just she's a big fanboy. Oh, no, there's been at least like, Nicole there's Brown's been like four or four or five community uh, people have been on in uh, the Russo movies. Um, so anyway, I thought that was interesting that he chose his birthday. Maybe he was looking to find him subconsciously or something. But uh, anyway, moving along, uh, my note next note says if they had known, they could have sent someone to get the Soul Stone along with a family member that had a terminal disease. Oh, if Nebula had said this is where, uh, if she wasn't the evil Nebula, so she said, if or or no, she wasn't at that point. She but wasn't. if she if she had the information or knew, this is where my you know you have to trade the life for the life. The I don't think she cool. knew that though. She just knew that Thanos went to that planet with Nebula or with uh, Gamora and came back with the Soul Stone and without her. I don't know if she necessarily knew that there was a trade until later. Right. So that may have necessarily not necessarily been her fault. Otherwise, yeah, she probably should have said that there needed to be some sort of, she should have specified that. And, uh, I don't think that's necessarily a, a you know, a plot hole and, or maybe just, I don't a, think it's a plot hole. It's just something I, you it's know, a I'm, plot hole if she knew and didn't tell them. Oh, true. But, like that obviously, them, exactly. Right? That obviously means that she didn't completely know why Gamora didn't come back. She knew it's where he killed the bro- he right. killed her. She knew that's where Gamora died. Right. She says that in advance. Uh, anyway, I just I thought just, it was uh, interesting to think. You know how how could they have avoided having somebody have to die there? And they couldn't. But if one of them had somebody that they cared about, that they had love for, that was uh, gonna die anyway. They could have taken that person with them, tossed them off the thing, and then, you know. I mean, my only, I only wonder what would have happened if uh, it was super coincidence or whether it was, uh, you know, something destined that uh, that uh, Nat and uh, Clint were the ones who happened to be the team that gets sent there, rather than maybe the other way around where it was Rhodey and uh, what if it was, what if they did the opposite? What if Nat and Clint went after Quill with the Power Stone? And Nebula and uh, Rhodey go after the Soul Stone. It wouldn't have worked. What would they have happened? Cause nothing, because they don't love you. They don't have love for each. They other. don't have any kind of feelings for each other. What would have happened? So I mean, it just it was like it was either it was some sort of uh, you know something that was happened to be it had to destined to work out that way. Otherwise, you know, otherwise it wouldn't have worked if Nebula and Rhodey had been the ones to go there. Uh, real quick, just on this on the Soul Stone. Uh, just real quick, I want to. I just want to point out the awkwardness of when Steve has to go back to return all the stones. Uh, oh, it's you're the Red Skull. Hi. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't know that about the souls. The Soul Stone is the only one where I wonder how if, it was returned. If it even needed to be returned, because I believe the Soul Stone is the kind of thing is because you're trading a life for a life or a soul for a stole. 
it may just regenerate or when it, when somebody else is willing to make that sacrifice again, it goes from wherever it was and moves. Right. Over. They don't but, say that, but well, cause a lot of people have even wondered if whether anybody besides Clint could even use the soul stone because he's the one who uh, earned it uh, in the first place. Thano earned it because he, he killed Gamora, he killed so Gamora he, to he get earned it. the stone. He earned the stone, therefore he was able to use it. Some people have said, "Well, he Hulk, earned it and he gifted it." Basically, Hulk, Thanos, Tony—none of them should have been able to use the Soul Stone because they didn't earn it. Clint was the only one who earned it. I think that if if Clint's intention is for them to earn to to, I know. I'm it. just I'm just saying that that's some something that some people have brought up, and it is a good point. But it, it, once again, it, it's semantics. That's a semantics thing. And uh, this next note, I think, is incorrect. Uh, <laughs> I wrote down: How did Nebula bring Thanos' ship through the time platform? That with, is a good question. With, with no PEM particles, but also, she did she bring it through? Well, that's yeah. Without the PEM particles, basically, they didn't have any more, and they only brought enough. So I'm wondering how she she. I know how she activated it. It's not incorrect, actually. So how did they? How did that even happen? That's that's probably one of the only uh, things in the movie that's kind of like, eh, well, I'm not really they sure about that like one. A MacGuffin? Uh, to move the well, it's forward. not even really a MacGuffin. It's just like, how did that even happen? I mean, the big old ship comes through the thing and then just destroys the 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 hangar there, and then and then all of a sudden, all those other ships show up when the pads already have been destroyed. So it's like, well, where did all this other stuff come from? Because all of a sudden. When all the others show oh, up. Oh, you're talking about the worm things? Yeah, all that crap. Oh, those were all on his ship. His ship is massive. Oh, so all of that other stuff came from the one ship. Yeah, I guess that's true. But how but, did it get there without... Because they, they, they only had enough for that one trip. Once there, once back. They all went out. They all went back. And Tony and Steve went to get the additional two vials. It's all... Or wait... Two or how many did he grab? Two. Well, there's been a point made that uh, Tony or that Steve grabs four vials. Okay, so they used two of them to get back. So I guess there are two vials somewhere. Well, the two vials are the ones that everybody keeps. Uh, I'm not even gonna get to the whole argument about uh, what what timeline Steve is old Steve isn't in, but uh, those are presumably the ones that Steve uses to get back to uh, Peggy, or at least one of them. No, because when, when, um, when they re- renew the timeline and they use the Infinity Stone, they bring everybody back, and then and Pem, Pem is there more. to make more particles. Exactly, that's the point I've been trying to make. So but before that happened, I think he just grabbed extra ones just to make sure there was extra. That's what I think. So that's probably. What I don't Nebula think there was used. anything really into, but that's still. I still that's a little confusing of how the uh, of the portal works, uh, one way. Whether she was just able to open it from the other of the other side, and then uh, Thanos was just able to drive his ship through it. I don't know how she opened it in space, but right. it was just one of those plot things. They're just hoping that you don't really think about it too much, and they just needed to get the night 2014 Thanos into uh, 2023. Right. So there's only three left here. Uh, Thanos's comment about the arrogant. Towards the end, uh, he says uh, the arrogant, or she said they never suspected a thing, and he says the arrogant never do. Oh, it's literally a self fulfilling prophecy. I mean, he's <laughs> his he's the arrogant one, not ten minutes later or something, fifteen minutes later in the movie, right? Uh, 
he's so arrogant he thinks there's no way they can beat him, and they do. Well, because he thinks he's inevitable. Well, there you go. <laughs> he's inevitable, but he goes to the dust. Right. Uh, that that one I thought was pretty cool. Um, so Molinar supposed to only be held by Captain, or excuse me, by Thor because he's the only one that's worthy, right? No, no. No, that's not how the that's not how the incantation the incantation says is says just says that whoever is worthy can hold it. can hold okay. it. So whoever's worthy can hold it. It's not it. like King Arthur's. It's not like Excalibur, where only the once and future king can wield Excalibur or can draw Excalibur. Right. It's whoever is worthy can hold uh, Molinar. There's been uh, well, countless people have been able to hold it in the comics, but. So obviously Steve Captain America is able to pick it up and of course Thor's first comment was I knew it yes. you know everyone cheered the, all well, three times I saw it right but there's been that was hinted going obviously back to uh, Age of Ultron when they're having a the little party and everybody's trying to pick up the hammer and Steve kind of makes it a little kind of like it moves barely, just a little bit it barely moves and Thor just kind of has a look he, on his face. Yeah, be, hopefully he doesn't try yeah. too hard. Uh, there's people trying to argue that Steve could have picked it up at that time, but he didn't out of respect for Thor. Right. Uh, I don't know He's if a I respectful buy guy. I don't know if I buy that or that just you know it just it moved because he knew it knew that he was uh, you know worthy, but you know he wasn't completely ready to be able to do it. But yeah, at that point, it's like the question is: Does something similar exist for Stormbreaker? No, I think because that one's specifically well. No, because uh, Thanos wielded well, Stormbreaker. That, that's, the, that's my whole setup. No, is there Thanos isn't... grabs Stormbreaker like as if it's nothing and just hits. Yeah. Well, that's because that doesn't have the incantation on it. Uh, remember, Odin in the first Thor movie, Odin puts the incantation on it when he throws it back to Earth after he expels Thor. Before that, anybody could hold it, but Thor had it. It was his to use. But anybody can still pick it up. But once he throws it, he puts the incantation on it, so that way Thor would have to worthy himself, because at that point Odin didn't think uh, Thor was worthy. So Thor would have to worthy himself in order to be able to pick it up. Plus, that way, since he sent it to Earth, he didn't want any uh, uh, you know Earth yokels just picking it up either. Right. Clearly, especially <laughs> you know, especially in uh, especially in New Mexico. I mean, you big know, time yokels. Nothing but yokels. Nothing. I mean, second only to Florida, really. Well, in Arizona. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, probably Arizona is probably second to Florida. Probably. Uh, the last one I have is, uh, and I've read several articles about could certain characters have. Uh, done the snap and wielded the gauntlet and the stones. I'm calling it the Iron Gauntlet because it's the uh, the the one that Iron with Iron Man's technology. Um, obviously, Thanos could. Obviously, the Hulk could, but even he had difficulty. Um, I it it injured the Hulk, right? He's like got the thing afterwards. So they say that Thor could not probably would have killed Thor a uh, different type of energy. Uh, they say that uh, I just read this today. Actually, they are saying that um, even cap probably would have killed him. Um, but the reason Mike, Thor was able to, or the only reason that Hulk was able to uh, wield it gamma. was because of uh, it, it uh, puts out gamma, which uh, he's already made of. 
So he was just mostly able to absorb the worst of it. But obviously you see the damage it still did to him. Uh, Thanos makes the point that uh, no matter how strong he is, you see the damage that it does to him when he destroys the stones at the beginning of the movie. He's all all burnt up. He's all burnt up. So... Yeah, I mean, and that's basically, you know, I mean, that's why Tony knew that by using it, he was basically uh, the same as those three guys who decided to go into Chernobyl and save 60 million lives. Uh, He knew that as soon as he'd used the gauntlet that he was going to die. But they knew that, he also knew that it had to be done as soon as possible and that there was no more dallying. So my question is, do you think Captain Marvel could have used it? She's probably the most powerful of all of them. Well, she is the most powerful. She's of not all. as strong as but Thor, a, but he is more more I, powerful. Or not? They, excuse me. I, I meant uh, I meant uh, the big green guy. <laughs> He's not as strong as Hulk, but more powerful in general. I'd say. I think there's yes. a difference between being the most powerful and, and being uh, having the physiology to be able to absorb it. Uh, I mean, unless she was able to use her uh, her energy somehow to shield her, right. that would have been the only way that she'd be able to use it. Uh, because, I mean, basically, if you want to look at probably who the two most powerful people on that field were, were her and Scarlet Witch. And the same thing with Scarlet Witch. She wouldn't have been able to use it unless she was able to somehow shield herself from the from the gamma and anything else that was coming off of that. So despite them being the most powerful people on the field they weren't necessarily the most equipped for it just as far as uh, physiology goes and uh just just that's why you know the you know hulk was only the only able to do it because of his uh, you know the gamma and already being hulk and uh that's why it basically instantly killed tony you know actually going back do you think that he looked smaller as this intellectual hulk like he didn't well, yeah, they, he was definitely supposed to be smaller than like the two, than like the uh, the Avengers one, the Hulk. Avengers one Hulk, or or you know the the well Hulk all the way up until uh, uh, Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely smaller than that, and then you know part of his thing of doing the combination has managed to shrink him down a little bit into a more manageable size. I think though, if he legitimately got angry at something, he could get big again. Maybe it depends on the, what he's done to himself and how that works. I just think that by Based on his, I mean, his his intellect is going to keep him from getting angry over nothing. So presumably, yeah, I guess that's it. Did you have anything that you noticed that was like uh, before we finish up? Either you guys, it was like interesting or something. Questions? When you're talking about Captain America being able to hold the hammer, yeah. Why now? Uh, why? I, be, I mean, because he needed. He, I mean, at that moment, he was. The, How is he, he worthy was now? The chance. Well, he was saying he's basically been worthy all along. But he believed it at that moment, and he believed it because he needed it. That's my opinion. He I, needed to pick that hammer up and like wreck him, and, you know, wreck Thanos. Yeah, I agree. And he had to believe it to do it. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, the reason that the the hammer moved in Ultron was because uh, the hammer recognized that he was worthy, and, uh, and Hulk at, or uh, Thor at that point uh, probably knew as well. But uh, but it, the hammer may not have seen him as being totally worthy. Up until that moment, because of the, you know, just the, uh, the you know, his heart at that point was in a place where he was uh, working from a completely unselfish point. He was trying to save everybody, and he was being completely 100% unselfish. Um, my only question would be is that at that point, everybody has become, everybody's 
trying to fight for everybody else. It's like uh, who who else in the group might have been able to wield the hammer if they had really wanted to. I mean, there might have been a couple. I mean, of Tony, them at that point. Tony, maybe. Uh, just, I mean, it depends. I mean, with the. If Tony had been able to survive the snap, he'd be able to pick up the hammer. Probably. Yeah. But uh, that alone would have made him worthy. I mean, there might have been other people, you know, but uh, at that point, it it was Steve that needed to have it because it was the it was a moment that obviously had been teased since Ultron, and it's something that's happened in the comic book. He has wielded it before, uh, and it was a moment that I had been you know looking forward to and just been kind of like. Uh, it's probably actually my favorite moment in the movie, if anything. Oh yeah, way of hope. Oh, excuse me. Um, something to. Uh... Okay, you're gonna have to edit that because I just had a brain fart. Um, most of your brain farts are edited. Oh, last uh, two weeks ago, last time we recorded, I said that I knew Anthony's favorite part in the movie, and you were wrong. Uh, well, apparently, when he. You know, Captain America wields the hammer, brings the hammer down on uh, Thanos. But no, also you're uh, well, since you're such a feminist. Uh, there's uh, like a big feminine moment where all the ladies come together to rescue Spider-Man. They're not really rescuing Spider-Man. No, of course not. <laughs> but they're uh, providing backup all at once, all the women at one time. I thought it was pretty cool, uh, especially uh, uh, Potts as uh, rescue really cool i agree it was a good it was a really good scene i thought it was a really good extension of the uh scene in infinity war where uh where uh natasha and uh and okoye and uh scarlet witch come together and fight fighting on the wakanda battlefield against uh thanos's forces you remember that scene mm -hmm. so it was kind of an ex just an extension of that uh, like a Exaggeration, or no? What do they call it when something's the bigger, grander version? Extension. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like hair. Yes. Hair extensions. Yes. So if you have a question about the Avengers Endgame, and you want us smarty pants to answer it, between this guy, this guy, and this guy, I'm sure we can come up with an answer for you. Or if you just have any comments or uh, thoughts or uh, anything that you've been dying to talk about, let us know. Mousepire at gmail dot com. Do we have mail? Our first email is from Reckett Rachel, and her subject line is spoilers. It's in-game spoiler time. There's one thing I want to gush about because I've been seeing a lot of this on the internet. It's about Thor. Some people really hated what happened to him. I didn't. I love Chunky. <laughs> I love Chunky. <laughs> I love Chunky Thor. He was clearly depressed and anxious. Thor is a man who never failed at anything, and in this movie he failed and lost basically everything. A lot of people were complaining that Thor was weak and his character was ruined. Nothing could be further from the truth. As someone who suffers from anxiety, and I have dealt with depression before as well, it was great to see someone like Thor, a god, go down that road and be that vulnerable. It was realistic. It was amazing and also funny. I went to the park last Monday when Tim was there. I didn't see you. It was my best friend's birthday, and she uh, wanted to spend the day at the park without her son and husband because they're boys and don't like shopping. Uh, we would have done the Mickey pop-up if, if, if it was free. I would have even paid $5, not $30. It was a fun day. We shopped, and we went to Blue Bayou. Hmm. 
We also went to go see Mickey's Magic. It was cute, and there was no one in the theater considering it was a new show. Did you look back at the end? I don't think people knew it was there. In my opinion, there were a lot of tourists there who didn't know what they were doing. All the lines for the rides were huge, and the shops and shows were empty. They also did the fireworks, which I thought was odd since it was Monday. Did something change? Happy week to all, Rachel. Uh, yes, I did look at the back. I saw uh, Donald's feet back there. I seen that. And um, uh, the fireworks were on Mondays because it was still spring break season. Still the spring break hours going on. Uh, I thought Thor was awesome. We all liked Fat Thor because uh, now all of us, all of us, all of us chunky people can be Thor for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything to add to that, Anthony? Yeah, I just I don't understand the 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 fat Thor eight. It's really dumb because, and the whole idea that they ruined his character or something like that. Because you know they always have to say somebody's character was ruined, whether it was Luke Skywalker or whether it was Thor or whether it was uh, Natasha or whatever. The thing with Thor is is that uh, Thor blames himself for failing at the end of Infinity War because he didn't go for the head. Uh, he thinks that everybody is gone because of him. Uh, and he just, he's, and then he thinks he failed a second time by the fact that, uh, they, you know, went back and then nothing could be done. So, uh, he's basically suffering from, uh, a form of PTSD at that point. And it's like, well, what do you really expect him? I mean, it wasn't a joke about, uh, you know, alcoholics. It wasn't a joke about, uh, you know. Uh, fat people. It was a. It was a. It was a commentary on uh, what that sort of experience and that sort of weight, a literal weight of the world, uh, on Thor. You know, meant to him, and that's why when you get to the end and he's just like he's begging and he's like, "I need this. I need this." And it was because he needed. He needed to feel like he had redeemed himself for for uh you know, what he felt like his mistakes were uh, in Wakanda, on the Wakanda battlefield and, you know, and everything else. And, you know, that's how thing that's how things work. It's not just, you know, you're not going to be just because he's a god doesn't mean he's going to be able to keep his shit together. All right. Thank you for your email, Wreck-It Rachel. All right. Next email is from Giselle the Gazelle. Her subject line is, who is it? It's what, Tim. What up, bros? Welcome home, Diggs. Looks like you had a great time visiting your family. Glad all of y'all got to relax this week. I've been to the park, I think, one time after Diggs and I went. It was a Saturday. Wait, I think it was actually May 4th. <laughs> anyway, just did uh, my normal boring stuff. Lunch, then dough with in the tiki room. Best time ever. What I really want to talk about is the emotional journey I just went on with Infinity War. I literally just watched it today. I was sobbing. Wait, Infinity War or Endgame? Um, literally could not breathe crying for like an hour. Thanos is pure evil, and then Gamora died. Okay, so yeah, Infinity War. And then our boyfriend, Peter Quill, tried to avenge her. I can't, and she has a lot of heartbroken emojis. I plan to watch Endgame this week. Maybe next week at AMC Tuesday. I don't know how much more I can take, man. That's going to be a really uh, heartbreak then. Yeah. She's going to be really emotional on that one. You should tell her that so she hasn't seen Endgame yet? 
Well, you should. You better message her and tell her not to listen to the podcast until <laughs> she's seen it. Oh, we'll tell her when. I, yeah, when when I when he says Endgame, uh, Dan told me to write in an explanation how I liked Infinity War, but not Spider Man. I mean, to be fair, Infinity War has Star Lord and Thor and Robert Downey Jr. Need I say more? <laughs> Everyone in my five, everyone in my family likes Spider Verse except for me. I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. It's not even about the cartoon part because I can legit watch cartoons all day. Uh, it didn't capture my attention. Anyway, I'll be sad until Endgame. Then I'll be even worse. The suspense is killing me. Also, Tim, I I drink three iced coffees a day. Virtual high five on the always peeing front. We'll stop drinking iced coffees all day. Okay, talk to y'all later. Love G. P.S. Please ask Rachel and Elizabeth who their favorite hunk is from the whole party of cuties. And who is your favorite? If you could. I'm her favorite. Wait, did she say who her favorite hunky is? No, hunk. Oh. Hunk is. Like, whoa. <laughs> if you could marry any one of the Marvel Galaxy World Party, who would it be? I need some answers, people. I would marry Peter Quill, then Thor, then Peter Quill again. And maybe let Iron Man take me out for Ben Gale barbecue. <laughs> she has it all planned out. Who would you marry? I mean, first of all, I think that uh, that's the wrong choice for the Bengal. I don't know who I would. I don't know. Let's just uh, let's, let's keep it as an open question. Everyone has, everybody else can answer that. And uh, Rachel, Rachel. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say uh, probably uh, uh, Scarlet Witch. Rick and Rachel, uh, you need to answer those questions, and Elizabeth needs to answer those questions. And uh, yeah, we'll get back to you on that, Giselle the Gazelle. Who's Elizabeth? Oh. <laughs> I forgot. All right, thank you for your email there. I was thinking of somebody who emails in. Our next email is from Dan the Millman. Subject line is, I'm going to Disneyland, Galaxy's Edge. Liar. Hello, Mousepire. It's a hello, not hey. Hello. Oh, my. So formal. I know. I hope you all were successful in gathering your reservations for Galaxy's Edge. Due to the way their system worked, I am able to go twice to check out to check it out on June eleventh and thirteenth. Decided to wait till after the school was out so I don't have to be in any kind of rush to get to the park or anything like that. I did for a second contemplate going on opening day, but I'm kind of anticipating some breakdowns and some struggles as they find out what uh, it will be like with people other than cast members actually trying to do stuff there. I made sure I made a reservation for a time when I had to eat there so I can sample some fat time over there. Not sure what yet, but we will try something. Took a quick trip on May 4th, hoping to catch Michael's last meetup and ride takeover, but I guess he had a bellyache or something and decided to go home. Oh well, made the most of it. Got my May 4th pin and the cup from TLT. I was going to get, see, he could have got you the stuff. He was there. I know, but I didn't even know until after he had already went. I just want to point out that uh, yet another example of Michael not being there for one of his events. He said, I was going to get the popcorn bucket, but the stand just had closed. Oh, well, for that, too. So I guess he couldn't have got it after all. <laughs> well, we probably told him earlier. Oh, that's true. 
Of course, we rode Star Tours and then just enjoy the time there. It wasn't uh, overly busy at night, so it was enjoyable. Softball is over now, so other than the typical graduation festivities upcoming, I will have more time to get to the parks. I will be at... And hopefully this podcast. Yes. I will be at Senior Activity Day, which I believe is something like June 3rd or 4th. No, it isn't grad night. They just let the kids go to Disneyland for the day, so I will tag along and ride some rides and get some snacks. Anyone else planning to go soon? Um, yeah, not for grad night. No, no, I don't. I don't know. I want to go soon. I don't know when. Uh, hope to see you all soon, and maybe even make a return to the podcast. <laughs> Dan out. <laughs> well, there you go. I got your seat right here. <laughs> All right, so yeah, hey, we'll be seeing Dan over here pretty soon. I thank you for your email, Dan, the mailman. There really isn't really anything going on or like opening uh, for uh, Memorial Day weekend. You know, usually that's the weekend that things uh, get popping uh, when things are opening. If not, but uh, with uh, everything being shifted to the ne- the following week with uh, Galaxy's Edge opening for reservation time, uh, there's really nothing going on on uh, Memorial Day weekend for a change. I know how. All right, so if you guys have any uh, comments, questions, tip of the weeks, if you have any uh, questions about Endgame or you have any comments or your thoughts about Endgame, all you have to do is email us. Milespire at gmail.com. Do you have a special occasion coming up? Looking to personalize your trip with a keepsake? Create customized buttons for birthdays, engagements, family vacations, even bridal parties, or just because. Check out ButtonsByDigs.com today. Buttons by Digs. Buttons by Digs. Remember, those are buttons, not pins. All right, it's going to do it for this episode of the Mouse Part Podcast. Yeah. Hey, don't forget to head over to Downtown Disney and get some, uh, uh, what is Sunshine, Sparkle, and Bath Beyond or something like that. I thought, I thought you just go over there and get a rinse. <laughs> uh, lather, repeat. Rinse, lather, repeat. Yes, that's uh, it. If you guys... Uh, Want to go over there and try that out and see what they have? Go for it. Or you just go to the store or go to the mall and uh, you can get the same stuff there. And you don't have to go to security. Exactly. I mean, I guess depending on what mall you go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some malls probably have metal detectors nowadays. Who knows? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Anyway, hey, we also have stuff to look forward to, like the new Inside Out emotional whirlwind coming soon. Yeah, probably August. I don't know. Last time they said soon, it was like two weeks, but right. we'll see. And uh, coming on June 7th is the the new Lion King celebration, which is uh, going to be a DCA uh, tale of the Lion King. I'm going to tell you the whole story of that. You can look forward to that, and that's over there at the Paradise Park, right in the middle, where you, uh, you usually go and watch uh, World of Color. Also, don't forget, I believe that same day is when uh, the Forever Fireworks comes out back, or is it somewhere around that same time? It was once, yeah, the 7th, yeah, yeah, 7th, because the so, last day for Mickey is the 6th. Yeah, so if you haven't seen, uh, or if you want to get in one last uh, viewing of uh, Mixie's Mixed Magic, uh, don't forget until you have until the 6th to do that. Uh, if any of you have reservations for Galaxy's Edge during that period, uh, before the 6th, you should definitely take that opportunity to get it in your last view uh, one of those days because obviously you'll only be in Galaxy's Edge for four hours. So <laughs> you'll have plenty of time to do other things. Well, unless, of course, you're uh, 
your block is uh, the 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. or whatever it is, or no, not 9 p.m. It's uh, the I blocks are 8 to 12, that's 11 it, to last... 3, 2 to 6, 5 to 9, and 8 to 12. Yeah, 8 to 12 is what I was thinking of, the late block. Uh, if you're in one of the late blocks, obviously it might be a little bit difficult, but if you have an early block, uh, definitely make sure you guys get over there and see Mickey's Mix Magic before it uh, mixes away forever. Yep, other than that, uh, I think that's about it that's coming to the parks. Uh, just a little thing called Galaxy's Edge opening in uh, yeah. a week and a half uh, for those of you, for those lucky, and uh, just over a month for those who are not. So, of course, uh, follow along with everything that uh, Diggs and company and everybody will be doing when they go to Galaxy's Edge and all the other events on the social media as we are Mousepire on Facebook, at Mousepire on Twitter and Instagram, and, of course, just Mousepire on the snappy Snapchats, which I know he was using earlier uh, before we started the podcast. Yes, so since we're back and uh, we'll be heading to the park sometime this week, or maybe this weekend, I'll be doing the snappy snaps. Hey, don't forget real quick, we have Grant Nights uh, this weekend, so uh, just be aware of that. Grant Nights are uh, started last weekend. so Full yeah, effect. Full effect, Grant Nights are going and just check the Mouse Pyre Facebook page Full force. for the calendar and what days to not go to the parks. But you can follow me on uh, Instagram at Baloo1313. Also follow Buttons by Diggs on Instagram. There you'll see when your button order is going out. Hey, head over to ggpclothing.com. Get your Mouse Pyre gear or your custom-made gear for your birthdays or bar mitzvahs or whatever you need. You can check that out. Also, or some T-shirts for your first visit to Galaxy's Edge. That's a good one. And uh, you can also check out uh, the podcast over on YouTube. Check it out there. We are up to date on the podcast. And uh, as soon as this one comes out, he'll be working on that. Are you going to be creating a special button for the opening of Galaxy's Edge? I haven't thought about it yet, but maybe I would because you just gave me the idea. (laughs) Button and maybe a shirt. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, Hey, don't forget, you can also support the podcast. Head over to patreon.com slash mousepire. And check out Michael the Mail Guy's $3 special. Uh, any amount will help. And, yeah. And, uh, hey, if you guys are going to be at Galaxy's Edge on June 1st, uh, 3rd, 7th, 13th, I don't know. I think it's the 5th. I don't know. Those days. Uh, you should make a post for Facebook and all the social medias uh, telling what days that you're, that right. you're going to be there uh, and stuff. And what days that both of you guys are going to be there. Uh, and probably what days that all of you will be there, including Dan and stuff, so that way everybody has a chance to uh, see what days that they might be uh, overlapping with you guys. Until next time, remember, whether you like it or not, there's always someone willing to spend money on the things that you love to complain about. So for Doris Day, Tim Conway, and Peter Mayhew, I'm Anthony. Uh, I'm Tim. I'm Diggs. Bye. Bye. This podcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Audio, sound bites, and other clips are property of their copyright holders. All original stuff is ours and property of mousepire.com. What am I, your fucking secretary? I'm just saying, if I hear about cool shit, I tell you. I told you about the Shazam thing as soon as I heard about it. But I already knew about it. Well, that's the point because you didn't tell me. Move on, moving on. Moving on up to the east side of Galaxy's Edge.